Several years ago, I had the uh, privilege and honor of going to Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, God's country, in other words. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a dream come true. I, I'm a lifelong Steeler fan, and um, it, it was just, it was something to, to watch. I mean, it was a mass of yellow and black uh, Six hours before the game, people are, are tailgating and, and just enjoying, enjoying themselves. And when the game started, honestly, I guess because I was all geared up partly, but it, the atmosphere was electric. It was, it was just incredible. And for three quarters, I was like, wow, man, this is, this is off the charts. Steelers were up 21 to 3. Fourth quarter rolls around. And uh, they fell apart. Two minutes left. It's 21 to 16. Pittsburgh, that was a time when we were trying to function without a quarterback. Or, you know, it was like, oh, let's see if we can have a team and not have a real quarterback there. And our quarterback fumbled on the 10-yard line. And you could have you heard the whole, the whole house was just like, <gasps> the defense held for four straight plays. And then they got called for interference. So they did it another four plays. And they were kind of reminiscent of the steel curtain. They, they took this goal line stand and they stood their ground. And uh, Joey Porter was on the team at that time. And he, he led the defense in the last eight plays. Get this. Four tackles, one assist, and two sacks. Now, if you don't know anything about football, that's really, really good. <laughs> that's like game stats or a couple game stats sometimes. But he was the impact player of the game, and that game was just, just amazing for me, something I'll always remember. Now, guys, I want the guys to kind of support me in this, because do you remember playing football as a kid in your yard or out on the playground? And it, and it went something like this. I mean, this is how my fantasy went. Steelers got the ball on the 50-yard line. Ten seconds left. Down by five. Super Bowl's on the line. Talking and takes the snap. He drops back. He's got a receiver. He throws it. It's an incredible pass. His receiver's got it. You become the receiver at this point. Yeah. He's at the 15. He's at the 10. He could go all the way. Touchdown, Steelers win. Did you ever have something like that? Or maybe it was baseball. I mean, I remember many times. Pirates are down by three. Last inning. Seventh game of the World Series. Two out. Three balls, two strikes. Palmer's winding up. Talking then takes a swing. It's back. It's back. It's out of here. Pirates win the World Series. Talkington gets the MVP of the game. I told you it was fantasy. All right, now, now, all the women are going, you guys are stupid. But how, how many guys, something, something like that. You know, I find myself when I'm playing hoops once in a while, I, in my mind, that's like national championships on the line. You know, you fantasize about playing in, in those great stadiums, being on that field, that court, or whatever, and being an impact player in the game. You know, we're in this series, and we call it Revolution. 
And I believe that God wants to revolutionize your life and mine. That we, we are to be a part of the greatest revolution of all time. A revolution that I believe will change this world, that will change eternity. It's a revolution that Faith Fellowship is dedicated to. And so today I want to talk about impact. It's interesting. Now, you heard the song Revolution? One, one of the young guys, he's in his 20s, he goes, that's a really cool song. He goes, who, who did that? I said, that, that'd be the Beatles. And, and he's like, uh, yeah, I've heard of them, I think. <laughs> what? You know, you know l- looking back on, on our lives, I want to ask you, can you move from being a spectator to being an impact player? You know, some of you last week took that step. And uh, you, you took the, that initial step into becoming an impact player. Remember, we, those that were here, we put initials, literally, on a window. And we talked about just lifting up to God and saying, God, use me. See, that's what impact players do. God, use me. So what, what's it take to be an impact player? You know, Jesus said in Matthew 20, he says, whoever wants to become great among you must become a servant. I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. There are two words I think of when I think about impact player, and that is serve and give. You know, it's a thing called ministry, where we serve and give of ourselves. Impact players are people that use their skill sets to make a difference in the world. That we, we get to impact something much greater than a, than a football game or a baseball game or whatever. We get to impact eternity to make a difference in it. And I, and I know as I say that, some, some are going, okay, I understand some people use their God-given skill set in a thing called ministry. I get that. I even get that some people are going to mark eternity, have an impact on it. But surely you're not talking about ordinary me. I mean, look at me. Do I, do I look like an impact player? I mean, it's for professionals. It's for people that that's what they do for, for a living. And what I want to say to you is if you're thinking that, if that's where you're at, you're wrong. The Bible from cover to cover says that if you are a Christian... You're to use your God-given skill set, whatever that may be, to impact eternity, to make a difference in, in this world. In other words, it means that we've got to move out of the stands, move out of the spectator point, and get in the ball game. Step up to the plate, you know, make a few tackles or, or whatever. But doing great things for God. You know, if you're visiting this weekend, it's a great weekend to visit, I think, because... I believe we're going to figure out why so many people are are excited about serving, why they get jazzed up, why they're fired up on this field called faith. And you saw it from the very beginning. I mean, when you you pulled on the lot, there were people out there greeting and assisting, trying to dodge getting hit, you know, by by the cars. Uh, But they, they were serving. You know, maybe, maybe you walked in and stopped by the, the info center or maybe you grabbed a cup of coffee and a pastry. You know, someone handed you a worship guide. And it was all about people serving and giving of themselves. 
You know, every week I watch, you see all the kids heading off to the zone? I mean, there's something that does my heart good, just seeing their excitement. But what I know is that there are teachers and assistants that dedicate themselves to those kids because they're serving. The service is about serving. You know, there are people behind the scenes, the, the techs. Uh, we listen with the band. They lead us in worship. Uh, people running lights and sound and all, all kinds of things. The, this service itself, I mean, I meet with a group of people regularly, and we design, we create, we, we imagine together how God could use us to design, design a service like this. There are small groups through the week that meet, and people are serving and leading And I believe everything about faith fellowship is about serving and giving. It's about hitting the field of faith. It's about making a difference in people's lives. It's about becoming impact players. It's about marking eternity. Now, some of you, because you're antsy, you're going, okay, damn it, I get it. I get it. Christians are supposed to be a ministry. I I get that. But why? Why? I can think of several reasons why. Why we ought to be impact players in our life. You know, the first is, you were picked. You were picked. God picked you. You're God's man. You're God's woman. You, you are one of a kind. God created you for purpose, on purpose. Let that one sink in a little bit. You're one of a kind. Do you know you, you are looking at the greatest Damon Talkington in the entire planet? Check me out. Pretty cool. Do you know why I'm the greatest one? Because I'm the only one. <laughs> you know, when, when, I, when I get to heaven, I, I share this often, God's not going to ask me why I wasn't like Billy Graham or Martin Luther or Bono or whatever. You know, God's going to ask me why I wasn't more like me, more like what I was created to be. And the same's true with you. If you are not the best you, the, the you that God created you to be, there's going to be like this hole in history, this gap in, in creativity. There's going to be a, a missing link in the body of Jesus Christ, a thing called the church. Ephesians 2, the apostle Paul writes, he says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared, get that, which God prepared in advance. For us to do. Remember as a kid you played kickball out on the playground. And uh, after everybody got done arguing about who was going to be the captain. And you finally settled that. It was like let the pain begin. You know what I'm talking about? The picking process. Now if you were picked number one. It was like wow. I was number one. Cool. Great. I'm the best one out here. You know. And there was an excitement. But if you weren't picked number one, then all of a sudden your mind starts racing. And you're like, i got to go before so-and-so. If I don't go before them, this is not going to be good, you know. Please pick me. Please pick me. I don't want to be standing here too long. And and I I hate the process. I mean, just hate it. And then if you got down to there were only two people left, oh, that was awful. That was awful. Oh, please, don't let me be last. Don't let me be last. Don't let me be last. Please, please. You know, I'll become a missionary. Just don't let me go last, you know. (laughs) Friends, if you're a Christian, if you've given your life to Christ, 
you do not have to worry about being picked last. You don't have to worry about being on the the team. You are a number one pick because no one else can fill that space. God called your name. God created a, a position specifically for you. And so if you don't fill it, nobody's going to fill it. Now, picking teams out on the playground is tough enough, but can you imagine if the captains pick someone? For instance, let, let's just play it out. Oh, I'll take Damon. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't think so. I'm, I'm awfully busy. You know, I'll take Damon. No, I, I'd like to, but... You know, I don't really enjoy recess. I'm going to go do my homework. I'll take Damon. Not going to be too good here. Um, Got an allowance to earn, you know? So I'm going to... And we push it off. You notice our scripture says, to do, to do. If you're a Christian... You've already been picked. No options here. You, you are on the team, and you don't get to determine that. You know, God saw us and initially saw that sin separated us from, from his love, from his plan, from God's agenda. And God did something amazing to get us on the team. He brokered what would be the ultimate transaction of all time because he said, you know what? I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, to the world. and He's going to die on a cross for your sins. And when I resurrect him, you will have victory over those sins. And you're going to get something you didn't deserve. But God's going to give you. And God says, you know what? I'm going to give you an option if you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In other words, if you're a Christian... You had an option before you became a Christian. You had an option that you could receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, or you could reject it and say no. You had an option to confess your sins and turn from your sins, or you could say, no, I'm going to stay with them. You had an option in your life to allow God to infiltrate or not, to give the reins to God or not. You had an option before you were a Christian. But friends, once you take that step and you give your life to Jesus Christ, the options are over. You're on the team. Your name's been called. You are a number one pick. And God says, you know what else? You are able. You know, I'm able in my life. God has gifted and given me talents and skills and and stuff that, that was gifts from God to me. Some of those are are gifts that I've had to develop over time. Some of them are things I'm still developing, but they were gifts from God. First Peter says, God has given gifts to each of you for a great variety of spiritual gifts. I mean, God has given us all this stuff. You know, I ask often, what's the meaning of life? You know, why are you here? And I'm not, I don't mean in here, but why are you here on this planet? You know, are we here just to take up space, to, to communicate, to procreate, to recreate, and then die? Is that it? No. God says, you know what? You're here. Again, pick it up. Variety of spiritual gifts that you have. Manage them well. Manage your gifts well. So that God's generosity can flow through you. In other words, you've got to manage your stuff well. 
What do we got to manage? Everything. Everything. God owns everything. And I know it's a hard one to get our minds around because we want to go, well, now, come on now. I own my house. No, God owns it. I own, I own my car. No, God owns it. I own my business. No, God owns it. I own this. I own that. No, it's all God's. You don't own anything. I don't own anything. But we're called to manage it. We manage our stuff. Six, seven decades, if you're lucky. If you eat well, stay in shape, and stay out of trouble and problems. But the bottom line is we're born with nothing, and you leave with nothing. See, can't take it with you. There are no U-Hauls behind the hearse. Just aren't. You go, okay, my talents, my skills, my creativity, my innovation. No, God owns all those too. In fact, you wouldn't have any of those if God hadn't given them to you. And if you're trying to own what you think you own, it'll mess you up. It'll trip you up. Yeah, God, this is mine. I own it. I'll run the show. I'm going to decide what happens. I guess you're just the manager. Manage my stuff well. Every one of us here has a unique skill set, talents. Uh, we're to develop those things. We're to use those to the best of our ability as part of the team part of the church it's an act of worship you know and if you're a christian again if you're seeking and trying to figure out if god fits in your life i'm not i'm not pressing you i'm pressing christians if you're a christian it's not an option it's not well will i or won't i because a non-participating non-ministering christian is an oxymoron God wants us to be impact players. And if you're not using that skill set in the local church, you know, if this isn't your local church, wherever it is you attend regularly, you should use that stuff, those talents, to make a difference. And if you're not using those talents, you're not marking eternity. You're just kidding yourself. You know, it, it'll, it'll jam you up. You know, Romans 12, 4 and 5 says... Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, who are many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You know, I, I think I've shared before, if my body decided it wasn't going to function part of it, like if my stomach said, you know what? not going to be a part of his life. I'm just going to eat, but I'm not going to digest. I'm not going to do what I'm created to do. It'd mess me up, wouldn't it? I'd probably die. And basically, you, you want to say, okay, stomach, you may, that may be right, but you're going to function. You need to do, get to work, get to it. You know, and, and so... I think about the parallel with the church. The church is a body. And sometimes I think, oh, we just want to eat, eat, eat. You know, feed me. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Feed me. But friends, you grow. You are blessed. You, are, you mature when you work, 
when you step up, when you begin to use that skill set. And if you're not using the skill set God's given you, I got news for you. You cannot be all that you were created to be. You cannot be a high-impact player. You know, what about resources? You know, the Bible says that the, we're, we're to give of our resources to the local church. You know, in fact, Scripture will say 10% right off the top. Not my words, God's words. And we're, we're to take and develop our resources, use them wisely. And God says, you know what, if you, if you honor that, I, I get involved in that process. But God says, you're to manage this stuff well. I know as I say some of these things, you know, God's tapping on some of you, pressing you, saying, you know, get involved. Get involved. Leverage your time. Leverage your talent. Leverage your resources. Be an impact player. Make a difference. You know, last week we talked about getting uncomfortable. And what I want to say today is that I'm to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Does that make sense? That you get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, Paul, Paul says this. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for mere mortals. See, when, it, when I speak or teach, when I do that, I don't do it for you. I don't do it. For myself, I don't do it to try and impress people. Every time I, I speak, it's really about, okay, God, just use me. I, I want to please you with what I say and what I do. And I'm willing to get uncomfortable for the cause of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to get uncomfortable for you, God. I, I'm yours. Use me. Use my talents. Use my resources. Use my time. Whatever. I want to be an impact player. And when I take that stance, my life soars. But the moment I shift and begin to go, oh, I wonder, wonder what they think about what I just said. I wonder what that group thinks about what I do. I wonder what that pastor over there thinks about my ministry. As soon as I go down that path, first of all, it'll trip you up big time, but it, it messes you up. It'll jam you up in your life. And you're the same way. You know, it's a terrible place to be when you, when you go around and go, I wonder what they think. I wonder how I look. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. Impact players, mature believers, they just go, you know what? How can I help? How can I serve? How can I make a difference in, in this world? You know, how can I get outside myself and, and get uncomfortable for the cause? You know, it's not about getting comfortable, you know, and feed me, feed me. You know, I, I, I don't want to work. I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to lay back and take it easy and relax. Me, 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 me. It's not about that. It's about getting uncomfortable for the cause. And I, and I think something that should motivate us is that, that we're tested ultimately on this one. You know, you talk to any team, anywhere, any impact player, in any sport, you can pick your poison here. And you will, if you talk to them, you find out that they spend hours and hours and hours. They watch, they watch film. They, they, they take a look at, at technique. They study. They train. They critique. They hold each other accountable. They, they review games together. 
and they try and help each other get better at what they're doing. They'll say, hey, you missed that block. You missed that tackle. You missed that opportunity. You should have taken the shot. You should have passed. You should have set a pick. Whatever. But it's a, it's a time for grading. It's a time of getting things kind of tweaked and, and brought around. And what I know is that one day we're going to stand before the God that created us, the God that created this world. And God's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? What would you do with that stuff? What would you do with those, those resources? What would you do with those gifts, those abilities that, that you have? It was a test. And the Bible indicates that there's going to be greater rewards for the believers that develop and, and use their gifts compared to those that sit back and go, feed me, feed me, feed me. It's about me. You know, some of you probably sitting there going, well, that's a test. I want to pass. You know, I want, I want to use my gifts and talents. I want to use my resources. I want to use my skill set to mark eternity. I, I want to get in a position where I can be an impact player. Because one day in eternity, I want God to look and say, you know what? Well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Here's your reward. Other people are going to hear something like, I picked you to be an impact player. I gifted you. I loved you. I, I tried to communicate with you. I put you at Faith Fellowship, a great church where you could blossom. And you were never willing to get uncomfortable for the cause. You always said, oh, he'll do it. She'll do it. And you just got comfortable. And friends, you're going to miss God's reward, uh, a reward that, that he's going to hand out in eternity. You know, this church, uh, just incredible place. It's a joy to, to pastor because what I know is that we have a, just an unbelievable variety of ministries. In fact, you, you could take and spin me around and pick a ministry, and I'd go, there's a place. There's a place for you. There's a place for me that wherever, wherever we would land, God could use us. And I know as I share, share this, some of you are going, wow, cool. That's cool. There's a place for me. And you, you get all jazzed up about it, and you're going, I want to be an impact player. Sweet. This is sweet. This is cool. And you're going to gather up all your stuff, Go get the kids, head out to your car, start it up, head home or head to a restaurant or whatever it is that, that you do, have lunch, and you're going to kind of let it roll. No real impact. And a lot of times we, we hear a message like this and we kind of throw God these weak excuses. And, and there are three that I hear often, over and over. You, you may have used some of these. I, I've used them in the past. One is, I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. You have an opportunity to be an impact player. You have an opportunity to use your skill sets and to mark eternity. And kind of the mantra of the day is, hey, how you doing? I'm just busy. Really busy. A little hot today, isn't it? Yeah, got to go. I'm busy. Busy, 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 busy. What do, what do we mean? 
Seriously, what do we mean? You know, I, it's that sense of, I'm important. I'm big time. I'm so busy. My schedule's so jammed. I can't hardly stop to breathe. You don't know. Here it is. Here we go. Get ready. You don't know who you're talking to. I'm so important. I'm so valuable. I'm just busy. And friends, I, I have to own this one. And I think you've got to come to a place where you own it for yourself. Because I realize that when I say that, I'm just busy, what I'm really pressing underneath that is Damon's really important. He's really something. If you're too busy for ministry, you're too busy. In fact, I could tell you right now, if, if that was your answer to me, you said, I'm too busy. I could tell you right now that there is an area of your life that's way out of God's will. Absolutely. See, you got to step back. you got to recalibrate. you got to reprioritize. That's something we're going to talk about in our, our next series. But this is not about me. It's about God. It's about being an impact player in eternity. Give you a little perspective. You know, we, we've talked about this often. I absolutely believe that the church is the hope for this world. That the church can help change this world. Education, it's a good thing. But no matter how much money we spend in education, friends, we will not solve the world's problems. You know, business, it's a great thing. It boosts economies. It boosts countries. It, boosts, it pushes up and helps communities. But it will not solve the world's problems. Bush and Cheney and government, they're not going to solve our problems for us. Following the advice of a psychologist or a doctor, not going to solve all your problems. Friends, it doesn't take too much thinking to realize that the only thing that can change a depraved, hell-bent, sinful human being is the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. That's it. Boil it all down. That's it. That's the hope. You know, I don't think you have to wrap your mind around that very long to go, you know what? I better get a hook in eternity. I better begin to live my life for eternity and allow God to use me in a significant way. You know, just hook eternity. Just get it. Allow God to use you and make a difference. Because one day he's going to hold you accountable. And he's going to say, what are you doing? You know, are you going to invest? Are you going to invest those gifts to make a difference? Because it's about impact. Here, here's another one. I mean, people say they're too busy, but how about this? This church doesn't need me. Why do we buy into that? Well, it's because the evil one lies. He gets in your head. And it goes something like this. Faith Fellowship can't use you. You remember what you did? They can't use you. 
Come on. Do you really think you're an impact player? Give me a break. Look at yourself. You don't have anything to offer. And the evil one whispers this stuff, and it's not true. It's absolutely not true. We serve a God of mercy, a God of grace, a God of forgiveness, a God that specializes in taking ordinary people and turning them into impact players in this world. You know, another reason I think we buy into it is we look around at a church like this that's growing and we think, well, they don't need me. Everything's taken care of. And I know when a church is growing, it's easy to come in and hang out and hide out. You know, you get your uh, McMusic and McMessage and then you cruise. It's a McDeal. <laughs> Friends, don't buy into that. Faith fellowship is growing, but it needs you. God wired you. And created you to be a high impact player. And if it's not this church, in some church. That's how God designed you. Here's the, here's the last one. People go, well, I don't know enough. You know, God, God's given me the gift uh, of teaching and speaking. And years ago, when I, I first started preaching when I was 16. What if when I was 16 years old... And trust me, I did not know much at 16. But I go, you know, I've got this gift, but, you know, I'm going to just keep studying. Sip Starbucks, take it easy, see if I can learn a little more, because I just don't know enough. And friends, I would have missed the most incredible ride of my life. I would have missed the opportunity to teach and and bless people's lives. I would have missed that opportunity to be a high-impact player. And I'll be honest with you, I'm still learning. In fact, I'm almost embarrassed as I look back at at early things that I said or thought I knew, and I realize, you know, God just keeps refining. I'm still learning. And I'd say to you, don't worry about it. So you don't know. We'll we'll help you. We'll, We'll help train you. Well, I don't know the Bible that well. That's okay. I I don't think it it takes a a biblical scholar or a spiritual giant to to serve. I just don't. I mean, you know, last time I checked, the guys out on the parking lot, they're not running around quoting scripture and, you know, going, theologically, could you please park here, you know. (laughs) It's not happening. You know, somebody pouring your coffee and goes, you know, Aquinas said in the early books of the, you know, you don't have to have that. You just got to have a heart. You know, the, the different ministries require different skill sets. But let Faith Fellowship equip you. Let, let us help you in that. You know, as a pastor, I, I primarily uh, teach and administrate. You minister. You're the minister's. That's a biblical model. Too many churches, the pastor does all the ministering and and we wonder why it goes awry. That wasn't how God created the church. Take an opportunity, get involved, be an impact player. If you're involved and you're serving and giving of your time and your talent and your resources, run the clock forward. See, this motivates me because I know someday in heaven, if you're giving of yourself and, and some capacity, 
you're going to bump into people up in heaven. Someone's going to go, hey, never thanked you, but you know, you were, you were working in the parking lot when I came to church, and you spoke to me, and you, you offered to help me. And it kind of paved the way, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ because of that. You know, so, someone else is going to say, you know, you kept my kids in the nursery zone, and it allowed me to kind of chill out and have some confidence as I sat in service and not to be distracted, and I was able to tune in. And I heard God speak, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ because of that. And my son grew up through the zones, and he gave his life. And I just want to thank you for that. You know, someone's going to go, you know, the first time I visited the church, you gave me a cup of coffee, you talked my ear off, you introduced me to someone over at the information table, they talked to me about small groups, and I thought, well, I don't have anything else going on Thursday night, I guess I'll go try that, and I got connected, and I got involved, and it all started with you just giving me a little bit of hospitality, and friends, the stakes are high, the stakes are high, we're not playing Monopoly here. We're not playing Trivial Pursuit. You know, we are talking heaven and hell. We're talking eternity, things that, things that matter. You know, I want to thank everyone that's involved in ministry. I don't get around as often as I want or that I, I think in my head of how excited I am to see people just do their stuff. This church has to be off the charts. I mean, I've never served a church that is as positive and just unselfish as I've seen around here. You know, I, I believe part of why we're a positive church is because we're so busy in ministry. You know, we don't have time to whine and gripe and complain and all that stuff. You know, and if you're looking for a church and you like to gripe and complain and gossip and you're real negative, you know, do us a favor and join some other church, you know. Seriously, it's like, don't, don't, don't bring that here. No, be sweet, free up a seat, you know. <laughs> I mean. don't, don't misunderstand me. I think it's important we study God's word. It's important you get in a group and, and do that. But it's even more important that we let our feet, we let our hands, we let our voice, we let whatever, allow God to use us. You know, I challenge you to, you should have got a worship guide when you came in. And inside that, there, there's a registry. And just take the step. Fill out the registry. Put your name down. Put your phone number. And then circle volunteering. You know, on, it's on the back side of that card. Just, just mark it. Tear it off. Drop it by the, the kiosk on your way out. You know, hand it to somebody that looks like they know what they're doing. And, you know, so that we can help you you know get uncomfortable become an impact player you know what we'll do is follow up with you and talk with you and help you find an area of ministry that kind of resonates with who you are how you're geared up and we talk often about test driving around here different ministries and what that means is you can go in and try a ministry and you can go man they're crazy i'm not doing that and you can go over here and you can try that one and you can go well i'm not gifted for that and you can try this one and nobody's going to hassle or hustle you or press you because we know it's important you find a place where you fit you know i'd also encourage you to sign up for for a class uh living beyond myself 
because it's a great way to, to connect and understand about ministries here. It's a good overview of Faith Fellowship. And uh, you can mark that on the card too. And we'll contact you and let you know when that class is, is coming around. All right, imagine for a moment. Turn to these on the line. The clock's ticking down. We're down by one. He's got the ball. She's got the ball. He shoots. She shoots. He scores. And she scores. And eternity's changed. That's what's on the line, friends. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, we praise you. God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunities you place before us. God, only you would have figured out how to create a group of people that could just reach out and use their skill sets and their gifts. God, I thank you that you give us grace those times we stumble, we trip up, maybe forget to follow through or whatever. But God, I pray that as we take the ball, as we hit that field or that court or whatever it is, God, I pray you just use us. Help us as individuals, help us as a church to mark eternity. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.